Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, this is Jonathan Messenger, and thanks for tuning in to the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. Listen, I'm trying to speak really quietly here because Bebop isn't around right now. And while I'm really glad that you guys gave him such a great name, the truth is, I don't really know that much about him. I don't know where he came from. I just started doing this podcast and he showed up. And the thing is, I have to feed him. And it turns out that the only thing he eats is art, drawings, paintings, stuff like that. I had no idea until I went into the living room the other day and he was eating this really nice painting that my dear grandmama made me. And look, I can't keep buying artwork to feed Bebop. I'm not made of money. I mean, I do okay, obviously. I have a podcast, but... I need your help. Hey, what's up, Jonathan? Oh, hey, Bebop. What's going on? Are we recording a new episode right now? Because I didn't get an email or anything. No, 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 no. I was just testing out some equipment. Okay, cool. I'll just be upstairs eating your original Picasso. No, wait, don't do that. Ah, man. So, look, friends, if you could draw something from the show, aliens, robots, spaceships, planets, whatever you can think of, have your parents scan or take a picture of it with their phone and send it to earth at fincaspian.com. Then I can print it out for Bebop. And let me tell you, Bebop loves nothing more than printed art. Mm, nothing like a drawing hot off the printer. Okay, so please send those drawings to earth at fincaspian.com. I'll post them up on the website before feeding them to Bebop. We've got a couple cool ones up there right now, but Bebop is hungry. Hey, could you help me get this one-of-a-kind original Monet out of the frame so I can put it in my belly? Oh man, I gotta go. Listen, you know what happened in the last episode. There were dwellers, there were patients, there was an explorer's badge. So now enjoy episode six, Two Heads Are Better Than One. When Explorers Troop 301 return to the famous Marlow 280 Interplanetary Exploratory Space Station, they expected a hero's welcome. They had charted a new planet, discovered a mysterious relic from a past Marlow mission, and helped friendly aliens better defend themselves against underground roller coaster riding rock monsters with exploding babies. Not bad for a first mission. Vale hollered as he stepped out of the pod and onto the Marlow. But no one was there to hear him, or to greet the troop, or to acknowledge they'd been in any danger at all. Well, not no one. Protofessor was there. Pat sat on hat. Pat sat on cat. No, Pat, no, don't sit on that. Oh, hi, Proto, the gang said as they hung up their spacesuits and dragged their tired feet up the hallway and into the Marlow. The explorer's parents had, of course, been concerned about them. And when they'd made it to the main floor, they were swept up in a mob of hugs and are you okays and holy cow, I can't believe you got sucked undergrounds. Sometimes you don't realize what a big deal something is until someone who loves you shows you how worried they are. So that's probably why Vale said, eh, it was no big deal. Finn, said Paige as she came running around the corner. That wasn't very smart getting sucked underground, you know. Well, it's not like we were... But Paige wrapped her big brother in a strong hug, knocking him silent. But after that, 
It was a frustrating couple of days for the explorer's troop. Finn had shown his mother the broken badge the patient had given him, but she'd shown little interest, or at least she'd taken it from him like it was no big deal. And then when they asked the librarian about the missing book, she said it was just an old picture book but wouldn't say which one, and acted as though those things go missing all the time in the library. And when Finn tried to talk to his mother about the robot he'd seen in the robot factory, that perfect, gleaming chrome robot with the wings, she acted like he was speaking a different language. In fact, he'd never seen her get so nervous before. Pretty soon, after just a few days of asking questions and poking around, the Explorer's Troop 301 was sent on another mission. It felt like they were being thrown off a trail of a mystery. There's definitely something going on and the adults aren't telling us what, said Finn, strapping on his spacesuit as Foggy readied the Explorer pod to go out onto the new planet. Yeah, said Elias. My mom has been working on some sort of device around the clock, but she wouldn't even let me see what it was. Hi, Finn. The entire troop jumped and spun around. But it was only Olivia and Olivia, the twins, who somehow had snuck up behind them. Greetings. Grand salutations. Uh, thanks, said Finn. We heard your troop had a perilous but exhilarating journey to a far-off planet. We would love to hear more about it, if you have time to orate. Why are you asking Finn, said Vale. I'm the one who stopped those monsters. Abigail, Finn, and Elias all rolled their eyes. In that case, come, tell us everything that happened. We don't have anything to do for another 147 minutes. Oh, on second thought, we actually have to get going, said Vale. He hustled onto the Explorer pod, and Abigail started the launch sequence. The world they were going to this time was a small, dense planet with a heavy atmosphere. They'd been told that while it was unlikely people could live there, the atmosphere was oxygen-rich, and there was water and plant life and so it had to be explored nonetheless. The pod, buffeted by the winds of the planet, settled down easily in a field. Out the window, they could see a large building made of stone. It almost looked like a castle, though the stone was a bright pink, nothing like you would see on Earth. There was a grand courtyard that surrounded the castle, with a pink rock wall separating it from the wilderness all around. I think that's where we're supposed to go to meet our guide, said Abigail. The troop stepped out of the pod and began walking toward the castle. The grass at their feet was thick and soft, and if you looked closely, you could see little bugs, things that looked like beetles or centipedes scurrying around. There were dozens of different types of trees surrounding the castle, and the troop paused for a moment to soak in the beauty of this new world. Foggy, any sign of larger life forms, said Finn? Not yet. Would you like me to fly over and scout? No, said Finn. That's okay. I have a good feeling about this place. As they got closer to the castle, They saw what they thought was a head poke up over one of the walls, just to the right of the main gate, but it vanished almost immediately. And then another, a few inches to the right, poked up but disappeared just as quickly. Hello there, said Vale. We come in peace, or whatever. A head poked up on the other side of the gate, and then another, just so their eyes and the tops of their heads could be seen. Both heads were white. So white it seemed like you could see through them, and they had thick white hair. They looked exactly the same. Vale reached for the bow on his back. Cut it out, Vale, said Abigail. But she stopped the troop before they got any closer. The two heads on the other side of the gate poked up now too, staring at the Marlow explorers. They were white, just like the others. We're here to be friends, said Abigail. Our station in the Marlow 280 Interplanetary Exploratory Space Station communicated with someone on your planet, I believe, a leader alerting you that we were coming. Sir, said Foggy to Finn. You're seeing four heads, correct? 
Of course. Well, my radar is only picking up on two life forms. And just then, all four heads rose up to reveal that each pair belonged to only one body. Those bodies looked almost human. They had two arms and two legs, though their skin was the same milky, almost translucent white. The two two-headed aliens walked toward each other and through the gate. As they got closer, the explorers could hear them talking to each other. You're seeing this, right? Yes, and you're seeing it? Yes, yes, and you have yes, seen it. have you ever seen anything like no. it? No. Never thought of it, even you. Never dreamed of it, you. Never daydreamed of it, you. I would never. Well, I would never. Well, maybe somebody has. Yes, but who? Who would think of creatures with one head? Someone sick in the head, I suppose. Oh, dear. Are you sure you never thought of it? I never. And then the two two-headed aliens were standing in front of the troop, staring at them, not saying a word. Hello, said Finn. Okay, said the left head of the alien on the right. We're humans said Finn, from the Marlowe 280 space station. We mean you no harm. So you exist then, said the left head of the alien on the left. I mean, you've been alive for some time. You didn't just appear here right now. Yeah, dude, we exist, said Vale. All four alien heads let out long sighs. Thank goodness, said the right head of the alien on the right. I'd say we could never have jumped you up with only one head and this silver guy here. Pointing at Foggy. Never could have dreamt him up. The aliens conferred one more time, and one of them agreed to run back to the castle to alert others that they had visitors, but not to be surprised by their appearance. The two heads of the alien who stayed behind turned and smiled at the explorers. My name is Bob 242A, said the head on the right. And I am Bob 242B, obviously, said the head on the left. Welcome to Planet Bob. Thanks, said Abigail. So like Finn said, we're humans originally from Earth. But what do we call you? Bob 242A looked at Bob 242B and they both laughed. (laughs) Bob's, obviously. The Bob's turned and the explorers followed them through the gate and into the courtyard. Once inside, they saw dozens of Bob's, all with two heads, all bright white, all stopping and staring at the single-headed Marlowe cosmonauts. Please, said Bob 242A, motioning to a long table made of pink stone with stone benches. Sit down, we can talk here. The Bob 242s told the troop all about their planet, how they lived perfectly at peace, and that everyone had a job to do, a particular skill or trade to apply, and how they made everything the same with absolutely no variation. Anywhere you go, all over planet Bob, looks just like this. Has Bob's just like this? Eats and talks together? Just like this, said Bob 242B. So, Vale said, everyone who lives on planet Bob is named Bob? The Bob 242 heads laughed. (laughs) Of course, we're all Bob, all named Bob. Everyone's a Bob, every Bob, no variation. But why, said Abigail, why is everyone a Bob? Not just everyone, everything, said Bob 242B. If everything's labeled the same, nothing is out of order. And if nothing is out of order, then there's no room for chaos to enter. But not everything can be called Bob, said Finn. Of course it can, human Bob Finn Bob, said Bob 242A. But what about everything else on the planet, said Abigail, like those insects crawling around on the ground? The what? Bob 242A said. Elias bent over and picked one up, holding it up to the Bobs. Oh, you mean Bug Bobs. And where we're sitting right now, Abigail said. Table Bob. She pointed out various things on the planet. Cloud Bob, Bird Bob, Window Bob, Door Bob. She pointed to several different kinds of trees circling the courtyard. Tree Bob, Tree Bob, Tree Bob, Tree Bob. She pointed to another Bob. Bob Bob. Oh, 
<laughs> okay. No, you got me there. That's actually Bob 852A and B. There was a baffled silence at the table. All these beautiful things on a lush and gorgeous planet, all named Bob. They'd labeled everything so much there was no wonder or mystery left in it. Elias, unable to help himself, finally blurted out, Why do you have two heads? I don't mean to be rude, I'm sorry, but oh man, what I could do with two heads, I could like work on two robots at the same time, or like eat with one while I worked with the other, or I could sleep with one while I worked with the other and let the other one sleep, and then wake the other one up when Ridiculous. I was Ridiculous, said Bob 242B. That would defeat the whole purpose. Actually, said Bob 242A. I kind of like that idea. Don't you even think about it, said Bob 242B. That is not going to happen. Get that idea out of your head. But if we did do that... <laughs> Bob 242B was screaming. Okay, okay, you're right, said Bob 242A. What was that? Said Foggy. That noise almost fried my circuits. It's very simple, really, said Bob 242B. Every Bob has two head bobs. Bob A, like my friend here, who is the worker Bob, the one who does the job Bob that he's assigned, and then they have Bob B, like me, the monitor Bob. Monitor Bob, said Vale. Yes, that's right. I'm here to make sure Bob 242A doesn't have any original ideas or imaginings, and if he does, I stop them. By screaming at him, said Vale. In fairness, it is hard to daydream during that noise, said Bob 242A. The explorer's troop all looked at each other. But that's how I get my best ideas, said Elias. When I'm playing or just sort of spacing out, that's how I solve problems or think up stories or... <laughs> screamed Bob 242B. You can't have stories, asked Finn. Ah! Of course not. But why? Bob 242A and 242B looked at each other. Can I tell them? Bob 242A asked. I suppose, but I'll be watching. Bob 242A turned to the explorer's troop and began his story. Thousands of years ago, Planet Bob had been called something else. The name of it long forgotten. And all of the Bobs had their own non-Bob names. But those non-Bobs were besieged by enemies. Monsters, large and small. <laughs> Sorry, but there really were rock monsters and shapeless black blobs. <laughs> just, just let me get through this, please, Bob. Okay, Bob. And so there was anything you could think of always showing up on the planet. <laughs> oh, sorry. False alarm. So anytime anyone had a dream or an idle thought that was strong enough, these things just seemed to materialize. They'd have dreams or fears or daydreams and whatever they thought of, if they thought about it hard enough, would come to life. Oh, so that's why you have the monitor bobs, said Finn. Bob had A, does the thinking and the working, and then Bob had B, the monitor bob, keeps out any stray thoughts. How depressing, said Abigail. Oh, I suppose if you find thriving and living and not being attacked by giant monsters depressing, then I guess it is, said Bob 242B. But just then, there was a giant crash. All of the bobs stopped what they were doing, and the explorers spun around to look out beyond the courtyard walls. And then a creature about twice the size of the explorers knocked over the stones at the top of the walls. It was big and black and formless and looked to be almost made out of some sort of bubbling jelly. It oozed into the courtyard. What is that? said Bob 242A. Hey, you know, you're the ones who mentioned black blob monsters, said Vale. It's not my fault I spaced out and started thinking about it. I couldn't help it. The bobs in the courtyard all began to run toward the castle. The explorers and their host bobs stood up to do the same. But just then, there was another crash on the other wall. Oh no, now what? Said Bob 242B. Climbing over the wall was a much larger white creature. 
It looked like a bob, but had five heads, and it was yelling, I bob, will bob, get bob, you bob. Um, sorry about that, said Elias, but you gotta admit, five heads would be kind of cool. A little late for that, said Finn. No, that was because I'm scared. We better get into the castle, Bob. Every Bob, let's go! The explorers and the Bobs ran for the castle door, slamming it behind them. They ran upstairs and looked out the window as the monsters made their way through the courtyard. The black blob oozing along the ground. The five-headed Bob arguing amongst its own heads. I don't think they can get up here, said Bob 2428. But we do need a plan, Bob. But, you know, we can't really think of one. Just then, they heard a loud swishing and thumping sound. They all turned to the window. Pouring over the castle walls was a large creature, looking like it was made entirely of water. The water monster rushed forward and began lifting the other monsters up toward the open windows. I didn't think of that, said Abigail. Me neither, said Finn. I love water. I would never be scared of it. They all turned to Foggy. Sorry. It's my greatest fear. Rust. All right, great. Well, I'm here with my son and editor, Griffin. Say hi, Griff. Hi, hi. Hello. Or I guess I should call you Griffin Bob. Can I call you Griffin Bob? No. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the show. What did you uh, What did you think of that episode? It was pretty good. Yeah. What was What was your favorite part of it? Oh, when Foggy said it was his greatest fear, and he didn't want to watch. Yeah, that was your favorite part. So um, let me ask you a question. Say you had this like fear in your, or like a dream or something like that that is always popping in your head that if you lived on this planet would come to life what do you think that would be um is there like a type of monster or it can it can even not be a monster it could just be like a character or anything does anything ever pop in your mind when you're kind of daydreaming or something that you when you're playing you fight against or something like that hmm only one thing. What's what's the one thing? Um, a giant three-headed skeleton. A giant three-headed skeleton? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, that would be pretty scary if it just suddenly showed up at our house, knocked on the door. Well, it would be as big as skyscraper. <laughs> Three? Okay, that's a detail you left out. A three-headed skeleton as big as a skyscraper? All right, well, luckily, we don't have anything like that showing up on the planet. Uh, okay, I have a joke here. Do you want to hear the joke? Yeah. Okay, this joke is from Elliot from Austin, Texas. What do you call alien milk? What? Milky waves. (laughs) Milky waves. I like that one. All right. Thank you, Elliot. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Griffin. Does something else you want to say? No. You want to say goodbye? Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Thanks. Once again, thank you all so much for listening and sending in your jokes, your ideas, everything. We really do love getting your emails. And special thanks to Elliot from Austin, Texas for this week's joke. As I said at the beginning of the episode, I really need your art. Please send me your art. You can send your jokes, ideas, art, everything to earth at fincaspian.com. And thanks to everyone who has left such great reviews and iTunes for us. If you have a second and you feel like it, drop one in there. It really helps in terms of getting the word out about the show. The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian is a type drawer media production written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger, with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. The theme music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg, recently voted the nicest human in the continental United States. Congratulations to him on that. 
The other Ben music you heard throughout the episode is by Visager, and we'll have links to his music in the show notes, along with a link to our outro music by 8-Bit Ninjas. Thanks to Ian Digman for our awesome cover art, and thanks again for everything you're sending in. Your jokes, your ideas, your encouragements, your pats on the back. It's all very much appreciated. Keep them coming, and we'll see you next week. Feed me. Hey, parents and teachers, have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today.